Good afternoon. Welcome to the Monday edition of Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at Winners and Winners. Dead Cam. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as we do our best to help you head back to the window. It's good to be here, Scott. Uh, of course, don't forget, guys, to like, subscribe, give us the old uh, thumbs up, drop a good comment there if you're uh, watching on Facebook or watching on Twitter. And of course, um, rate, review if you download us in podcast form. And of course, check out our friends Jim Williams and Chris King each and every day at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time as they do a little show they call Just Parlays, laying out their best dual trio quadruple picks of the day. So uh, James S. checking in as usual, checking in early, of course, yo, yo, yo. Uh, and then he just he just jumps right in, Scott. Here we go. We're right into it. Staley has to be the worst fucking coach ever in NFL history. <laughs> Not even a, a howdy, how you doing? <laughs> Happy Monday. Boom. 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 Here goes the plunger. Is he wrong? I've seen worse coaches, but... They're killing me out there, Whitey. If they would fire him, I would not really be mad at them for doing it. Are they going to? No. They're going to keep him. But I think that he's an idiot. I said that going in. You can re-watch our NFL joint show, and I believe I made just a brief declaration saying that Staley's an idiot, and I'm sure he'll do something to cost the Chargers the game. Give me the Raiders. That was pretty much my exact logic, and that's exactly what happened. Oh, man. J.C. Stone says 29-29 overtime casher, just like I handicapped it. In case anybody's wondering, they still cash dumb luck tickets. Yes, they do. Big X in the house. Matthew Torvik is here as well. Oh, my goodness. All right. But so. We're, we're going to talk a lot about that game. we got a lot to talk about just the NFL in general, not even just on the field stuff, but also some changes in the front office and changes on the sideline. Yep. So we're going to talk about some stuff. We are. But – we got the usual suspects to go through first. I want to uh, remind everybody or let everybody know, if you haven't heard it before, that we are doing a live broadcast tonight. We're going to give it a shot for the national championship game. The caveat is I stream. Uh, I don't have I don't have a cable or satellite service, so I'm going to be about 30 seconds behind the game. Scott's going to pause his where he's going to be in sync with me. So if anybody wants to watch and listen to us, we're going to have some fun. But we'll be talking about plays that happened about 30 seconds earlier. Or if you want to pause your TV too, we can all watch this behind. That's cool. But we're going to try it and see what happens. So yeah, we're. We'll... I, feel like, I feel like the one exception there is that even though we might be a little bit behind, everyone else is going to be watching the game. It's not like you really need us to break down everything as it's happening. Right. If you have any questions you want to talk about, gambling questions, or even just, I don't know what the hell George is thinking or what Bam was thinking in certain situations. You can always ask us. We'll give you our best answer. And we'll and we'll talk about some live plays. We'll we'll take a look at yeah. some live lines. Obvious, drive props. Uh, drive props. Scott, you got any more than drive, drive props? props? Yeah. Uh, T train in the house. Uh, please tell me all the uh, all the, the, the scavats. Nice. Who roughed the punter in Kansas City is on call. The cops. I uh, wanted to call my uncle in the olive oil business. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you watched the game the week before. He had a illegal block when Pringle returned a, a kickoff for a touchdown against the Bengals that cost him seven points right there. Just that was a fucking brutal beat on that first quarter number. 
Chiefs had a seven-point lead. They're about to get the ball back with five minutes and 30 seconds left in the first quarter. Denver done nothing, nothing. And he mm-hmm. just, he, <laughs> as I've said on my video, he ran through that punter like he'd left the fucking stove on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he trucked the hell out of him. It, he, it wasn't, usually you can have an argument about a guy flopping or something. Right. That wasn't a flop. He, he got destroyed. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, usually, especially as a homer, you're like, well, maybe it's just running into the punter. And then you see the replay. You don't even like, well, fuck. We're the just... plant leg goes flying. The <laughs> kicking leg goes flying. You're like, oh, this is just this is just 15. J.C. Stone says we're going to be like the new Manning brothers tonight. Uh, less guess, but more film. It's like it's if if it's like if uh, Eli had really took and, taken good care of himself and Peyton just said, fuck it, I'm going to eat all the donuts. It'd be a <laughs> It'd be like that. Um, all right, so let's uh, yeah, yeah, let's 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 take a look. Let's get her started on the formal level because we've got a lot to talk about here. So let's get let's get her rocking. Of course, I want to remind you. Of course, our new partnership with Caesar Sportsbook. Great opportunity tonight. If you haven't made a bet yet, if you're uh, if you've got Caesars, if you if you've never made a bet with Caesars, great chance to get to know them. They're offering you basically a thousand and one dollar free bet. Uh, if you lose it, they make it good. If you win it, you win it. So make sure you check that out. All you have to do is simply just download the Caesars app, open that up, or go over to their website, open up an account. And the key phrase that you want to use is video winners when they ask you for your code. That's the promo code video winners. Put that in there. You'll be all hooked up with the $1,001 free bet. Of course, make sure it is applicable in your state and you must be 21 to gamble. So there you go. All right, Scott. Let's uh, let's get a rock in here and roll. Uh, send send BYU alumni Anderson out of you know, out of town on another overseas mission. Yes, agreed, Brad. And oh, 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 oh. <sighs> over Macho Grande. I don't think I'll, I'll never get over Macho Grande. Never get over Macho Grande. Okay, let's do it, buddy. Let's get a rolling. Let's find out. Besides, oh, uh, okay. All right, I'm so excited about this. Let's find out who took it in the shorts yesterday, Scott. I think some of us might have some ideas about who it will be, but let's make it official in the Monday morning version version of Call the Cops. Of course, I say Monday morning only in reference to Monday morning quarterbacking, not implying we would ever be up anywhere near morning uh, able to do a show. So, although we did it, we did it early for a while. Did we do like a ten o'clock during the pandemic? We might have. We rotated. I think it was 10 o'clock your time, 11 o'clock my time, but we've really rotated the hours every now and then. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's take a look in the NFL, Scott. If you had the Falcons, team total over 17 and a half going up against the Saints. Pretty good shape. Under. Uh, what's, I'm sorry. Under. under. That's right. You're, you're in pretty good shape. Atlanta had 13 points, four minutes left. And of course, they go on the quote unquote meaningless drive, 13 plays, 85 yards. Two separate fourth down conversions. They scored a touchdown with 21 seconds left. Finished with 20. If you had the under 17 and a half there, I had the whole game under, so I was fucked anyway. But any, uh, if you had the under 17 and a half with the Falcons, you were extra fucked. Time to call the cops. And if you had the Rams on the money line against the 49ers, they led by 14 points at the half. Sean McVay, in his coaching career, was undefeated when leading at the half. They led by seven with 130 to go. Jimmy G's not going 88 yards in a minute and 30. No, wait a second, he did. He actually went 88 yards in about a minute and four seconds. Game went to overtime, and the Rams lost an OT. That's a bad beat. Oh. Hey, did you watch that game last night? Yeah, of course. It was a pretty good game. 
Hey, if you had the Chargers team total under 26, uh, Los Angeles had the ball with 20, with uh, had 23 points, had the ball, two minutes left. Chargers, field goal doesn't do you any good. Field, go, field goal does you no good. Chargers went on a 19-play, 83-yard drive that covered two minutes and three seconds. If you do the math like I did before the show, that's six and a half seconds of play. I don't even know how that's possible. Featured three separate fourth down conversions. Uh, Chargers scored a touchdown as time expired, 29-29 into overtime. I don't know if you saw the end of that. It was pretty good. But <laughs> if you had the Chargers team total under uh, 26, uh, there's so many reasons. Call the cops. Yeah, it was really insane just how many fourth down opportunities they had. 19 plays in two minutes. Does that it, is something I don't know if I'll ever see again. No, that is one of the most impressive two minute drives I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, that was it was unbelievable. All right, so there was some good news last uh, yeah, last night, yesterday, whatever the case may be. You know who you are. If you were uh, if you had one of these plays, you were in good position. You were sitting in the rocking chair. So, first one was the Steelers and Ravens. In the NFL show, I had the first half under, but if you had the full game under, you were in good shape anyway. You had six points in the first half. They might have needed about 10 quarters to score 41 points combined. Game went to overtime. They don't call it under time, but wait a second. They were so far below, you were safe anyway. Game ended 16-13 after overtime. Oof, um, if you had the Dolphins plus six and a half historically a good spot this is you know this is one of those things this is like the Kirk Cousins on Monday night thing it's the Patriots suck on the last game of the year when they go down to Miami it's the boogeyman is that a thing I mean do you is, is it just a weird confluence of, of circumstances or is it actually a thing is it in their head is there a reason they let down in, in the last week do you believe this I think it could be but I think it's tough to equate this season to previous seasons because New England we can agree without Brady is significantly worse they're still a playoff team but it was Mac Jones' first time facing off against uh, Miami on the road. A healthy Miami defense because they were shorthanded to start the year. But Miami just looked like the better team. I think it's a thing, but I do acknowledge that Miami looked like the better team. No question. No question about it. I'll tell you what I'd like to do. I would like to compare Brady's last season in New England with Mac Jones' season this year. I haven't seen that written anywhere. I haven't done it. I, I would like to do that. If I remember to do it, I will. Because uh, I'm, I'm curious, because Brady that last year was just dreadful. Short, short, awful, short arm. If you look at the weapon comparison, let's just say Mac Jones has a lot more to work with. That's probably true. than Brady did. So speaking of that game, this is what got me off on the tangent. You had the Dolphins uh, plus the six and a half against the Patriots. They dominated them. Miami never trailed in that game. They ended up winning by nine. Uh, you were easily, easily in the rocking chair. And the last one is basketball related because it was probably rocking chair of the year. And unfortunately, I missed out on it. I was not aware of it until it was actually happening. If you had a Draymond Green last night, under in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, minutes, internal, anything, anything. He, if you case you didn't know, Clay Thompson came back after about two years of being injured, and Draymond was not supposed to play in the game yesterday. However, to be a great teammate and to honor the occasion, he decided to suit up and play. For seven seconds, they lost the tip. 
He committed a foul. He checked out. He never checked back in. He played seven seconds. And I've actually looked around on Twitter. Sports books did pay out the bets on Draymond Green. So if you had the under in any of his stats, he played seven seconds and you won immediately. That's the easiest win of all time. That's the, that's the least amount of game you ever, will ever have to watch. Pretty much. Seven seconds. You turn it on. Honey, you want me to get you some popcorn? No, I'll be right there and pop it myself. Okay, I'm good. I remember last year we had a similar situation, not with the seven seconds, but we had we, – I remember we talked about it. It was Giannis for like a player uh, points over or something, and he got injured in like the second minute of the game. Right. And he just didn't play the rest of the game. It's one of those, except you knew about it going into the game. So if any sports book gives you a hard time about cashing that, that's their fault because you shouldn't have left it up. That information was available to the public. I just don't, there's just not enough for me to go around, Scott. And should I should have been on NBA Twitter instead? I'm spending my time watching watching film, watching games of the of the the SEC. Uh, well, most tonight. books did pull the props, but some of them kept them up. So if you were able to get any of those, that's the easiest win of your lifetime. All right. Okay, bud. I feel like we've uh, I feel like we've sparred around for a while. It's time to open up the floodgates. Here we go. Let's uh, let's find out. I don't know who it could possibly be, Scott. It's just there's so many so many contenders here. Let's find out who it is. Who surprise me? Let's find out. It's it's the donkey of the day. <laughs> Oh yeah, that deserved that deserved the full donk right there. I'll let you kick off, sir. I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna curate a few comments here as we go. Go ahead. So first of all, before we get into the real winner, honorable mention: Joe Judge calling a QB sneak on third and nine in the second quarter at his own like five yard line. Yeah, that honorable was already mention. that was already written in pen for today's show when he did that as donkey of the we day. We had to use a Sharpie <laughs> over the pen because you're really not going to find anything dumber than that. Then the Giants brought him back. That's another donkey of the day situation. We can get into that later. Instead, it's got to be Brandon Staley for whatever the hell happened on Sunday night. Now, there are a couple of things you can point to. Of course, the overtime situation we're going to talk about. Going forward on fourth and one at your own 18-yard line is another fascinating decision that we – could talk about I'll, we can open the floor if that's a right decision or not I thought it was an abysmal play call but either way it seems like there's a chance the Raiders are trying to run out the clock in overtime now of course all of you are aware of the situation tie both teams are in you'd see simultaneous Gatorade baths on both sidelines but Staley decided with about 40 seconds to go you know what let's call a timeout because either we don't have the right personnel or maybe we want the ball back and the Raiders were really content to run out the clock or it seemed that way. Then they brought in the run personnel. It didn't matter because the Chargers can't stop the run. Raiders picked up about eight yards or so and the Chargers ended up losing on a game losing field goal. So we have a couple of things to talk about. The fourth down decision at your own 20 or your own 15. You also have the... Decision to call a timeout when both teams might actually be trying to run out the clock, and that might have annoyed the Raiders. According to some post-game press conference stuff, 
it seems like it might have impacted the decision-making of the Raiders. It might not have, but it might have. You want to talk about this? Because we kind of have to. Sure. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it. First of all, the uh, it's it's all fun when you're a high school coach in Arkansas to go for it on fourth down from your own 18. Or a Presbyterian and you have the over. <laughs> a Presbyterian when you have the over. It's uh, apparently a lot more real in the NFL in a three-point game when you're you, it, when it all, all in effect is a de facto playoff game in week 18. Uh, Kevin Kelly, I'm sure, loved the decision. It, it's, there's really two facets of that, Scott. Number one... There's going for it on your own 18, down three. I know what the analytics say. They say if you you average 45 yards on a net, say that takes it down to the, uh, what, 37-yard line. Give them a seven. All of the models suggested going for given it. A seven, a given, a, given a slim margin. Given a seven-yard return, you're, you've got the ball roughly at your own 45-yard line, so you're not picking up that much to, to give up the possession. So, okay. But then the other fa- the other aspect of that is the play call itself. Which it was, awful. it was awful. The execution was worse. Um, you know, all plays will work if you execute, and the execution was terrible. They blew it up three yards deep in the in the, in the backfield. As far as the the overtime decision goes, it, it it looked for all intents and purposes when they lined up, they were going to they were going to run uh, Jacob's zone inside somewhere somewhere between the. The, the A A or B gaps there between the People looked at the, the formation and said the Raiders were going to pass. I'm like, you know, you can run at a shotgun. No, no, no. Like, they, I'm pretty sure they're running. They there was the they'd run the same they'd run the same formation yeah. the previous play. They, they were 100 mm-hmm. not not going to run not going to pass there. So the ex, the excuse slash reason that Staley gave in his news conference afterwards was he needed to get the right personnel on the field. Needed he needed mainly to get Linville Joseph in there, the run stopper, in for the. Uh, or the undersized pass rush guys. So if I'm in that press conference, I'm going to say quick follow-up coach, a quick follow-up question if I might, coach. What the fuck were the personnel not doing in there to start with when it was obvious the Raiders were going to run the football? I don't understand that. Um, I don't know why you don't have the right personnel in to stuff the run to begin with. Let's be honest, that Chargers run defense needs all the help they can get. So They might have uh, needed another two guys, but they were... Yeah, though either the worst run defense in the league or second worst. The Texans were hanging around at the bottom as well, but it's it's up there for one of the worst I've seen in a long time. The actual arguments of well, the Raiders would have kicked it anyway. That's not the point. The point is that if you think that even there's a slim chance of the other team just deciding not to risk it, why would you go out of your way to potentially annoy the other team that's holding all the cards right now? Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I, You're I poking the bear. It, it just seems stupid. There, I, I didn't see. I didn't see the upside. I, I didn't see the upside of what was going on there. I, 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 it seemed. And again, it may be confirmation bias, but it seemed like from the first two plays that the Raiders were content to take a shot. They were going to take a knee. You know, they take a shot on pop and a big run. But they weren't running anywhere near the sideline. They weren't. They weren't running any kind of a power run or any. any the the, the third down pass to Zay Jones confused me. That got the first down because I really thought the Raiders were just going to run it, punt it deep, and the Chargers would just realize, oh, we're we're doing this. But they threw it to Zay Jones, so I guess I can somewhat understand right why Staley was hesitant to believe that they were willing to just drain the clock because 
they wouldn't have thrown the ball at all on that drive if they were trying to drain the clock. But the whole situation was weird. You can mix Donkey of the Day in for that decision as well as the fourth down at your own 17-yard line. The fact that people are pushing that decision to the back burner sums up how ridiculous the overtime actually was. Yep, yep. Because that's front-page news when you fail. That's front-page news, I'd say, every single week of the NFL, unless you had the overtime chaos. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, I don't get it. Yeah, Um, whatever. You know, we got a lot to get to today, so we're going to run through this real quick. Uh, Brown's backer, by the way, so now we have to hear about Pittsburgh for another week. Um, Brother, I think we're going to do you solid, so stay tuned. I think we're going to... I think we're going to send Big Ben out the way he deserves to be sent out. That's all I'll say about that. Scott, I'm not going to make a big deal of this. We got to, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's going to be the Colts. It's got to be the Colts uh, for choking away their season. They needed a victory over the Jags to get into the playoffs. Uh, absolutely puked on their fucking shoes, losing by 15 as, as a 14-point uh, chalk. And you can also make the case they needed to win one of the last two games because they hosted the Raiders uh, the week before that, and uh, puked on their shoes there too. So either one of those games ended in a victory there in the playoffs. So absolutely, I'm not mad. I am disappointed. I feel like the one thing that's going to segue us now is talking about some of the coaches coaches that were fired and some of the GMs that were fired. We brought up the Colts. Of course, they were the obvious disappointed because how are they not? That's the that's an all time bad loss getting a run out by a team that lost by about 40 last week to New England. But with all the coaches being fired, I made the case that Frank Reich should be fired too. And people might think it's an overreaction because the team is still above 500 and whatever. With a roster like that, you better be over 500. You have the Jaguars and the Texans in your division. You have no excuse to finish below 500 or even at 500, which is impossible anymore. But the point is, I think Reich should be fired. Because you had such a golden opportunity to make the playoffs. You had everything you wanted. And I know Wentz is bad. You can blame it on Wentz all you want. But at the end of the day, the team on both sides of the ball was not ready for the game. And that's inexcusable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To to give up points to that Jacksonville offense like that. You know, Jacksonville always had... Their defense is, for the most part, pretty damn bad. But they had their moments. They had a couple of games where that defense played inspired football there at home. Uh, of course, the, the Colts, the, uh, the Colts, God, how old am I? The Baltimore game. <laughs> the, the Ravens game. <laughs> John Mackey's not coming out. Uh, the Ravens game where they win, where they win 9-6 to six, that game. The defense was very good that night. So the defense. That was against, that was against the Bills. Or against the Bills, rather. Sorry, not against Baltimore. Against the Bills, right. So, uh, Bill McDonald asking the question that Scott and I talked about probably the most before the show, and that was why was Brian Flores fired. Also talked about where he might be headed, if anywhere, as a head coach. Scott, I mean, I guess you can certainly, you got a devil on each shoulder here. You can say, well, he's the guy that lost uh, seven straight games. Yeah, but he's the guy that won seven straight games. So, to me... When you, when you fire your coach, my question is always, who are you bringing in that's better? So I guess the you know, jury is still out on that. We'll have to see. Count me skeptical of Miami to make a good decision about uh, who to bring in there to coach that team, but we'll have to see. Uh, the Bra- way that I would look at the situation with Flores is I thought he might get fired midseason after he got out coached by Urban Meyer in London, which you're looking at a vacuum, I think was one of the poorest coach games this season was Flores in that London game against Jacksonville. He was awful. 
There's really no other way to describe it. The fourth down decision to not have Brissett in the game on fourth and inches. He had some brutal challenges involved. He was awful in that game. So I did figure that there was a chance he would get fired midseason. But you look at his general body of work. Miami's really not a great franchise for the last couple decades, to be honest with you. And you ended up being a decent team that's around 500 whenever he's been the coach. So I don't really know what more you want from Flores. He has Tua, which is your problem because you took him over Herbert. Don't blame the coach for that. That's your problem. That's the front office. So I don't know what Flores was really supposed to do. They ended up winning seven of eight to end the year. They beat New England pretty dominantly. And you look at the injuries they had to start the year. Both Byron Jones and Xavier Howard were injured. And that was a huge reason why this team sucked out of the gate. So I don't really know what Flores was supposed to do. I don't think he's a great coach, but I think he's good. And the question you have to ask every time you fire somebody is who are you going to replace him with? I don't know what candidate you're going to find that's better than Flores because Harbaugh apparently is not interested. So I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah, I don't know. Am I missing something? No, I, that's that's exactly what we talked about. Uh, Brad Crawford said the uh, Colts cost him a hundred dollar teaser and another fifty on the over total uh, separate parlays. Uh, Jax did your part, yeah. And Indy only scores eleven points. <laughs> Worthless pieces of shit. Fire Reich, agree. Um, you know, I'm gonna put a caveat on that. I, I mean, full disclosure, I had, of course, the Colts as a premium play minus 15, so yeah, that looked like extra good. But the caveat on that is what sort of input Reich had about going to get Carson Wentz. If if he was a big driver and a big proponent of that move, and they are inexorably linked, then fuck him, he's gotta go. I'm sorry. Um, any any part. That he played uh, any role that he played in bringing in the debacle that is uh, Carson Wentz, then uh, no, he's 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 out now. If he had no if he had no voice in that, and he's like, well, here's your new quarterback. Oh, that's good. Well, this fucking guy looks a lot like Carson Wentz. At least it's not. Oh shit, it is Carson Wentz. That's mm-hmm. oh god. So I, I think you sh- I think he should be fired anyway. I, because of course they had the ties back in in Philly, so I do think he had a say in it. I, I wasn't behind the room, but I'm assuming that he had a say in it. I You cannot explain the no-show there on both sides. No. Your team has to get ready to go. That's all on you, you can, or not. You can make that a fireable offense in a vacuum. You could you can say having your team that ill-prepared for those last two games, uh, you could you could make that two-week period a fireable offense all by itself. The in, Raiders no will give do. a bit of a pass for because Wentz had COVID during the week. He couldn't really practice. That That's kind of – you have some alibi built in there. You have no excuse against Jacksonville. Yeah, that's that even, so, even more true, sure. Yeah, but of course, there, those were the, let's just say, talking points for the coaches being fired. The Flores one, I mentioned Reich. I think he should have been fired, or he might still be fired. You have the usual ones, though. You have Pace, who finally got fired as GM of the Bears. You have, of course, Nagy being fired. Zimmer got fired for the Vikings along with the GM. You also had Fangio being fired from Denver. I don't really have much to say about those moves because I thought they were obvious. Do you have anything you want to add? No, I think I think other than Flores, that was those were all the telegraphed coming down yeah. fifth coming down Fifth Avenue picks. There's been no the biggest su- F no surprises. Of the entire day belongs to the Giants because they kept Joe Judge. Yes. That's the biggest F of the day. Agreed. Like that's that's donkey of the day separately for bringing him back when it seems like all the players hate him. 
and your team was awful anyway. But the usual coaches that were expected to be fired, the favorites on the board to get fired, got fired. So I don't think there's really much to talk about because we all saw it coming five months ago. Uh, X, XR USH diamonds. And I'm sure there's oh X rush diamonds. Sorry, man. I'm not cool. Uh, said that the, uh, just realized the Colts never beat the Jackson Jacksonville. Yeah. We talked about yeah. that. And again, like New England against Miami, right? It's one of those weird things. You're like, well, fuck that. Just this, but this year is different, right? No, mm-hmm. no. Apparently it's a thing also. Yeah. That's there's the, the, the two big trends. The big Florida trends right there was the dolphins over New England and the Jags over Indy. And, I played right into the teeth of both of them and got my fucking ass handed to me. So I, I had a comment in the comment section of my video saying, I can't believe you chose a basketball team total <laughs> instead of going through the NFL. And of course I you, have, you have the great answer. I won. Yes, I won. Okay. Like I won by 30 points. Like get off my back. My job's to win. Yep. That's right. Um, Brian Robinson over 65 yards tonight, Scott. We'll talk about that game a little bit. George was very good against the run, but Bama's offensive line did hold, at least in the passing game, in the actual SEC title game. I kind of have to like the over on principle, because without Mechie, I'm expecting Georgia to give all the attention to Williams. If you want a sleeper play, I don't mind Bolden over in receiving yards, Mm -hmm. because I do think that from a trickle-down perspective, with all the attention Williams is getting, I do think Bolden will get targeted a lot, and I think Bolden's actually pretty good. Right. for slot receiver, but Robinson was so good against Cincinnati, you got to assume they're going to at least try to get him going. Would you agree? Yeah, I, uh, I, I think, I think there will, I think they're going to, uh, because they went up tempo last time, and they kind of caught Georgia by surprise. I don't think Bama's going to look worse offensively in this game. If you're expecting Bama to drop forty, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but they're not going to drop forty. Are you worried about the right side of that offensive line for uh, for Alabama, Scott? Because I think you, you have to be. Because you know Owens left the Cincinnati game with an ankle injury, and he did not come back. He's coming back for this one, but probably the the bigger concern is uh, is the right guard uh, Ekior, where he separated his shoulder against Cincinnati like, ten days ago. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's gonna play apparently, right? But right. Probably not well. See, that's the thing, and I, and I and I kind of made that point. Um, with somebody else that I was talking to, that it's going to be it's it's going to be less noticeable on 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 pass blocking, but as far as as far as run blocking, especially any anything anything in in from the from the center over, you know your 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 a gap your b gap runs. Imagine that blocking has, Jordan Davis with one shoulder. That's what I'm saying. That's that's tough when you have to when you have to get leverage when you have to, when you have to be able to turn your trunk like that. I think it's going to be a problem. I I really do. Um. If you so, meant, somebody mentioned the number, 65, I think Bama's going to try to run the ball. So if you think that the volume is there, if you think Bama's going to win, they're going to try to drain clock late as well. So I do think that Robinson, with that number, I would lean over than under because I think he'll get the volume. I still like Bolden for receiving yards because we saw that he had the touchdown against Cincinnati. He's still involved in the passing game. And we know Georgia, after they got torched by Williams in the SC title game, they better be shadowing over the top. That's all I'm saying. They better have a second guy on them. So Bolden should get less attention. Agreed. Agreed. X Rush Diamond says, I'm confused on how Georgia is the faves. They should be. Well, Alabama opened up as the favorite, and the market immediately adjusted. Alabama yeah. opened up as a, around a one, one-and-a-half-point favorite, depending on where you're at. It's now 
It is now three, pretty much most places. It's pretty, it's pretty well juiced. But Scott, so far, what we suspected happening has not happened yet, where it's happened every time so far. Every time it touched three, it got slammed back down to two and a half. Today, that has not happened. So there is um, a good deal of late money coming in on the Georgia Bulldogs. What kind of what kind of steam move is that, Scott? Is that public or is that sharp? Do you think? I think there's no chance the public's betting Georgia. Okay. I like we did the the uh, actual college football title game show a couple days ago. So if you want 20 minutes of us just talking about that game, check out the playlist because we have it covered for you. But I like Georgia, and my logic was Georgia is two as two and a half, and I expect it to close at three, and I expect money to come in on Bama at three. It'll hover around this number, but the way I'm looking at it is that Georgia entering the SEC title game was minus six and a half. That's where it basically closed, give or take. Now the line is three. My question for you is how many points do you think Mechie and the offensive linemen that are banged up are worth? And the start- Mechie, we know how good he is. And the starting cornerbacks. Yes, and the starting corner. We're going to get to how see, many points we're seeing all of those Kool-Aid tonight, worth? Scott. We're going to see Kool-Aid. Do you realize that? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many points are those five are are those five guys worth? Three aren't because they playing. took three points off on principle mm-hmm. for the comparison of this spread to the SC title game. I think they're worth more than three points. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. And as of right now, the sixty one percent of the money coming in on Alabama sixty or sixty one percent of the bet sixty seven percent of the money. So there's six percent apparently sharp money right now coming in on Alabama. I mentioned the main point of the SEC title uh, the, of the show that we did for the title game was I said straight up that Bama just beat Georgia and it would make sense that Bama would be the public spot to win. But the fact that so much money's come in on Georgia and the public is still all over Alabama by principle, you know that I follow some gambling principles when it comes to either underdogs being favored that are unranked being favored or sorry unranked favorites at home you know i follow some general principles if this much divide is coming in between sharps and joes in any given game i will always side with the sharps every time so So, like george i think and i I think this updated i think this updated money that's coming in right now i think that's i think that's alabama at three yeah, I agree. I, I think I think sharps are taking Alabama when it when it gets to three, but I think the early money Georgia all the, two and a half, Bama at three. That's where the money's coming in. Right. There was there was five separate steam plays on this, and it all and it all came in on Georgia earlier in the week. It mm-hmm. it was all steam, and it never came back the other way. It never went. It never went back to two. Never went back to one and a half. I. It looks to me like the books have staked out a position, and it ain't Alabama. That's how I feel. It feels like the public is basically being roped into taking Bama. You know, you could look at recency bias, and I'm sure there's a huge reason. Bama just killed this team. How is Georgia a favorite? I have to bet Bama. The oddsmakers realize that too. So just keep that in mind. Very good. Yep. And, of course, we'll be talking a lot more about that on our uh, on our show tonight, our live show. Scott and I will be doing a live or at least we're, we're going to see how many viewers we're not going to we're not going to commit to doing the whole three forty-five or four hour game but we are going to start it with we're going to start the game see how many viewers we have and we'll see how it goes and, and see if you guys are having fun and if everybody's interacting and we're having a good time we'll keep doing it 
If not, uh, Bill McDonald doing the research saying that Bolden's receiving yard number is 39 and a half. He had 31 against Cincinnati. They really didn't throw the ball that much. He had 54 against Georgia. And reminder, Mechie was there for half the game. And he had 49 against Arkansas. He didn't do much against Auburn. But the point is, is that I do think that number, based on the trickle down, especially if you think that Bama's not going to be able to run the ball, I have to like the over. Isn't Bolden the second receiver right now? Yep, has to be. Has to be. I know. I know. A couple people got bent. I, I did a. Uh, I my play of the day. I laid out some uh, victory uh, margin plays that I liked, and I, I laid out three or four MVPs. Um, I took the two quarterbacks off the board. I looked at Brian Robinson, Zamir White, James Cook, and Brock Browers. All at all at uh, you know plus a thousand or better. So, I forgot what Bowers' numbers are for receiving yards, but I like that over too. Because even though there was a lot of throwing that was forced because George was getting killed in that game, right? Bowers is a problem yes. when it comes to matchups. They a- cannot guard him. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, absolutely true. Halftime shows are cool too. About us coming in and doing halftime. That's an option, but then again, I actually like to talk about the game that's going on. Huh. I don't know. We can figure it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> Elliot says, Scott, don't like us Joes. <laughs> I don't mind the Joes, but when you have such a divide between the, the pros and the Joes, that's the re- same reason why a lot of people fade the public. It's the same contrarian mindset. The sharp people who are spending so much money, who have a proven record of success, I will back them more than the public. Yeah. If I have to choose between the two. It's not personal. Nothing personal. No. Um, let's talk about the opening lines for the NFL real quick. Uh, game number one is going to be the uh, 4.30 afternoon. Boy, boy, the NFL still hates the Raiders. For God. Uh, they like them play the late game on Sunday. How about the early game on Saturday? Can I interest you in a trip to Cincinnati, Scott? How did Pittsburgh get another Monday night game? They didn't. I oh, They got Sunday night? Yeah. They got a night game. Damn it. Dancing girls at Scott's halftime show. Damn right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bengals favored by six, 49 and a half is the total. Uh, I'm going to check the weather here. This was a, uh, we, we talked about this game that uh, Cincinnati came out to Vegas and beat them by 20, but the misleading. margin was a little misleading. Scott, can you tell us why? Yeah, you had a pick six, a late couple turnovers. It was a one possession game midway through the fourth quarter. Like the Raiders in six there? Oh, it's it's a tough one because Cincinnati, I think, is the much better team. I don't think the Raiders are very good. However, I do think the Raiders are really good at, at keeping time of possession. And Cincinnati, I know they have Burrow. They have a lot of weapons. I They haven't won a playoff game since, what, 1993? Yep. I don't want to lay six. So for me, it's not a great spot for the Raiders. I'm aware that the Bengals have a lot of weapons and the Raiders secondary is okay. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think it's too many points. All right. Looking at possible, yep. looking at possibility of snow showers there in Cincinnati. High of about Bad weather is better for the Raiders, obviously. I would say, I would say that'd be the case. I, I, I'm impressed with this Cincinnati team, Scott. This is, this is a you hell should of an be. offense. They're great. Uh, I like the over. Okay. I worry about the Raiders on it seems like a short week and a travel spot west to east. 
Uh, right now, early look. Again, I'm not committing to any of those before I start digging deep into injuries and COVID and all that. But first glance, I'm taking I'm taking the I'm taking the uh, the Bengals minus the six. Uh, the next one is another weather situation up there in Buffalo as the Bills host the Patriots. Bills minus the four forty three is the total there. So, um. Buffalo weather going to be, again, uh, cold up there. But for the, as long as there's no wind, then Buffalo should be fine. It's going to be about nine, ten miles an hour. So I mean, that's that's below average for this time of year coming off of Lake Erie. Um, I'm taking Buffalo. You taking you taking the Bills there, bud? I feel like I don't know how much stock you buy into the current form of a team entering the playoffs. Of course, you can look at select examples of teams that were awful in the final couple of weeks that somehow circled the wagons and won the whole thing. New England's not playing well. And it really comes down to the fact that the defense was carrying the entire team for about two months. The defense has looked worse the last couple of weeks, but it's Mac Jones. And the question is, can Mac Jones beat you? If you stop Damian Harris and Stevenson and you force Mac Jones to throw the ball 25-plus times, 30-plus times, can he beat you? I think the answer is no. And we saw this exact matchup in New England a couple weeks ago, and Josh Allen did whatever the hell he wanted, and they had no answers. So I'm taking Buffalo. I think you have to. I think you have to. I'm tempted by the Belichick magic, the Belichick playoffs, having them ready, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't think he has the horses. Uh, Mac Jones... He's okay. He may and he may very well you a game. he may very well round into form, but there are not many rookie quarterbacks that are going to be a, a huge plus to your team. If you're if you're lucky, they're not going to cost you. But I think average at best is about what we're looking at. I, I wanted to see if Tony was here because I know T Train's the big New England guy. Uh, Josh Allen's dynamic, but he can beat himself at times. No Definitely question, true. no question about but that. But when you're looking at current form. The Patriots beat the Jaguars by 40. You look at the other games around them. They really got embarrassed by the Colts for about two and a half quarters. That game was close at the end. It really wasn't. The Colts buried them in the first half. Then they faced off against Buffalo. They trailed the entire game. It was somewhat close, but Buffalo did whatever it wanted offensively. And then they had, I don't want to say a no-show against Miami, but they got outplayed by Miami. I buy into form. I think form's important. I don't like how New England is playing recently, so I'm going to take Buffalo. All right, and we're going to rip it. We're going to grip it, rip it here to finish out. But Nathan Cerner asking about Army plus eight and a half against Colgate. Uh, I'm fine with that. This has been a disappointing Colgate team for the most part so far. I don't get why so much money's come in on Colgate. The line's eight and a half, and Colgate hasn't looked that great this year. No. I find that line very, very interesting. Agreed. All right, uh, real quick, snap cap here. Uh, Buccaneers eight and a half, 49 against the Eagles Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. Eagles. Eagles plus the points. I think it's too many. Tampa's had so many banged up guys. I think Tampa's going to win, but more than a touchdown seems a bit rich to me. Tempted. I'm going to have to check the injuries there. Dallas hosting the Niners. Dallas minus three, 50 and a half. Which team shows up for each side? That's really your fucking question there. I'm going with the Niners. Uh, I don't mind the money line. I'm rooting for Dallas, of course, but the Niners are a team I did not want to face. Steelers Chiefs, Chiefs laying 13, 46 and a half Sunday night to Big Ben. I think 13 is I think 13 is too many. This has all the earmarks of one of those Chiefs fuck around, stumble around 
and wonder if we're going to win type of games. I don't know why. I just I just got a bad feeling. I know they smoked them last time and they were not even competitive. We'll see what happens. I'd love to see it. Love to see it again. Um, what do you got there? I agree with you on the Steelers. I don't think they're any good, but Tyreek Hill's banged up. We saw a couple injuries with the Chiefs in the Denver game, and they didn't look that good. And I think that the Steelers might hang around. My favorite play in that game is the under. I don't know how you have a Steeler game in the 46 range for a total. That's a joke. Yeah, well, because the Chiefs put up fucking 40-plus on them by themselves last time. would be. My I don't guess. mind correlating something there. Yep. If the Steelers are covering, the game's going under. Agree. Uh, Rush, X-Rush Diamond says, I like a Steelers upset. It'd be just stupid enough to happen. I, as, a, as, a, as a pessimistic Chiefs fan, even after making the AFC Championship game three straight years, I'm going to sit here and tell you I could absolutely see it happening. I see an ugly game. I think it's by a touchdown. I think it's one possession. But give me Kansas City, I'd say eh, 27 to 20. For God's no, sake. Sorry, not 27, 20, sorry. Uh, 24, 17. For God's sakes, play the first quarter too. If you got, yeah, but if I you, like the under. I don't, I don't know how you open up a total with Pittsburgh in, in the mid to high 46s. That's a joke. Yep. Cardinals at Rams. Rams minus four. Um, Rams. Yeah. I'm valuing think. current form. I like Seattle Moneyline in the NFL show over the weekend because I thought that even though Arizona beat Dallas, I don't like the way this team is playing. And I get that they're getting TJ Watt back. I don't know what to expect from him, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Rams because they looked a lot better than them on Monday night a couple weeks ago. These two teams at, at the same time, both of their games were tied 17-17. Both of them came out and shit the bed to finish out. So Yep. Uh, I just the Cardinals just haven't been playing good football over the last month and a half or so. I got to take the Rams there too. All right. Yeah. Okay, bud. Um, well, what do you What do you think about the Niners game? By the way, I'm going with the Niners. Oh, and the Cowboys. Yeah, you didn't say your thoughts. I, I got the I got the, I got the Cowboys there. I think that uh, I think I think they'll have it together. I think I think that, that Cowboys defense has really given me some pause for the last couple of weeks. Like They've been the, really bad. I like the over there. That's fair. All right, my friend. Uh, let's do it. Let's talk about it. We uh, we don't we don't get to play our happy banjo music. It's it's a travesty. It really is. I'm I'm very disappointed. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna cry a little bit. Uh, again, running through the punter just it changed the complexion of that first half. So, but you know what? We move on. We adjust. We adapt. We overcome. And here we go. So let's uh, let's get to it. Let's find out who it is. Everybody, get ready. Put your straw hat on. Strap up them overalls, climb aboard your John Deere, and fire that bad boy up as, once again, we get ready to bet the farm. We really do. All right, very good. It's back to me today, and we're going to go to a tried-and-true play. It's unusual that one of us doesn't have this as play of the day or a premium or whatever. Uh, I con- I'm surprised you don't. I concentrated on this college. Is usually your go-to. I concentrated on college football today. Um, I'm imagine my pre- premium sub is by now to make this play, but here it is. You know what you love it. It's IUPUI, kids. Uh, Illinois, Chicago, IUPUI under 123. That 123 is available at Caesars. There you go. Why on earth would we do such a thing? Well, kids, the under. It's 10 and one in the Jaguars games. And this is not a team that scores the basketball well. They have scored into the 60s just one time, and that was against Spalding, a D3 team. Spalding, what do you you think of when you think of Spalding? 
I think the, I think of the company that owns basketballs. You'll have nothing and like it. That's what I think of. Good day, sir. I said good day. In the other 11 games, they have averaged 51.1 points per game. They have reached 50 just five times. So less than half of the time they play, they get to 50, Scott. And if you're one of those people that like stats, here's some for you. Here, here's an apple for you. They're last in scoring. They are 344th in pace. They are 353rd in field goal percentage, 349 three-point percentage, 343 in two-point percentage, 342 in free-throw percentage, and dead fucking last in effective, in, in effective offense, according to Ken Palm. Offensive efficiency, rather. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got, kids. Some, at some point... It's gonna it's gonna burn us. It, it, they've lost. They've they've had the over one time this year, so we have gotten burned one time. But I like this matchup. They did it against Wright State over the weekend. Wright State much worse defense than Illinois Chicago, and they still only managed fifty eight against them. Uh, give it to me. Give it to me. Bet the farm with IUPUI Illinois Chicago under one twenty three, and that is going to do it for the show. Any final thoughts, Scott? No, not really. We're backing a team that barely gets to 50 to barely get to 50. That's really all you have to say. That's it. That's it. As long as as long as long that team goes out there and the number's in the 120s, it's almost going to be an auto play. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So there you go, guys. That's going to do it for the show today. That's going to do it for Bet the Farm. Of course, a little bonus show tonight. We do hope you stop by and check it out. Talk to us in real time on the national championship game. We'll be doing that. So you guys have a great day. Good luck on all your plays, as always. Thanks very much for watching. Thanks for listening. As we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Scott and I will be there to help you to head back to the window. Take care, everybody.